0: Welcome uh to Chrome Country Farms. We got uh Rob Spinoza, my neighbor, uh, and John britan who uh is a regular on the uh the nine listener podcast here. Uh we have nine days, sixteen hours, twenty-three minutes, thirty seconds. Oh, he's looking at the site until the twenty twenty two uh Ooh, dipsy countdown is on. Race, the oldest, I think it's the oldest uh, trail race in America. Um, it's kind of a big deal in Marin County. Um, Probably for uh, Marin I, runners. I'm not doing yep. it, but these oh, two not. guys are. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, you do you want to kill yourself? No, it's, I'm too heavy, man. I'm like 173 right now. It's like, You just ran a great marathon. I mean, <laughs> got it in you.
1: But is it is so, a different
0: yeah yeah it is it's totally different and i was so first off i have to say i have so much respect for both of you um as runners uh and 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 how you guys really put in the work and uh really put in the effort for specific races and then it's and and i think this is about to me it's about specificity with the dipsy because Uh, The last race, we talked about 100K, and John, it was the Miwok 100K, right, John?
2: Uh, Miwok, correct.
0: Totally different thing, right? I'm doing a marathon, or I train for marathons, and then we have the Dipsy. So, completely different animals. So, I'm going to pass it over to Rob to talk about um, how many times he's done the Dipsy and what he's doing the last couple months leading up to this?
1: Uh, I don't know how many times I've done it. I think I started doing it around 2004, 2005. The deal with me was that I was uh, in, way into Ironman, um, and I did that through 2012. And the Dipsy, my wife signed me up one year, and, uh, and we, that was when you could go, J- John may remember this, you could go to the Mill Valley Post Office and you could drop your invite in, in the box, and, and that was almost a surefire way to get yourself in the first year. So I ran it the first year and I didn't have any problem getting into invitational. So I just kept getting the invitation to go back in. But when I was training for Ironman, the goal was always the same and that was to get to the race in Kona in October. But in order to do that, you needed to, you needed to finish really high in a qualifying race that year or at the end of the previous year. So that meant I was usually running an Ironman in the spring and I had to be careful because if that race happened, if if the Dipsy happened before that race, I had to be careful not to kill myself in the Dipsy. And if it happened after the race, I was often smashed out from from that event. So I never really had a chance to run the Dipsy like as a as a premier race on my calendar until after 2012. And by then I was in my early 40s and I started to recognize that there were a number of guys out there that just did exceptionally well at the Dipsy and I knew how they ran other types of races. So then I got bitten by the bug. And then right around that time, one of those races in one of those years, I, I I cracked the top 100 and I realized, oh wow, now this gets really cool because once you get out of those groups, once you get out of that the pack or you get past the breakers in the Dipsy, wherever that magic line is, all of a sudden the race opens up, it becomes a whole other, whole other event, at least it did for me um so i've been doing it ever since it's been the premier race on my calendar you know probably since 2012 now you know so i have a couple
0: questions on what you said i'm just curious what's the um so like cim is a which is the california international marathon is a one of the big qualifiers for boston right, so right. boston and and i think kona and iron man much harder than boston like in general um what's the like race that people do is is there a race for for the iron man no there's,
1: get- there's back when i did it there was a whole series of races and and they've kept expanding that expanding that and expanding or diminishing the number of slots in each race so it's it's i don't even know what it looks like now the sports become so huge but back when i did it i was usually you know 35 39 i was i was in my 30s in my early 40s and that meant that if you went to like, let's say Ironman Arizona, which was in Tempe, and you were a 40, 44 year old male, you had to finish in the top four spots in your age group in order to get a Kona spot. Because there were maybe only four spots allocated to our age group or five spots allocated to our age group. And that's the way it worked back then. Now I think there's a point system. I don't even know how, what it takes to get there, oh, but the race itself was always in October.
0: So, so John, what, what about you?
2: Yeah, I, I go back and forth on the Dipsy. Is it a race that needs uh, specific training or more, more generally all kinds of training? Any Anything you do for the Dipsy can help and you want to do all of it. You want to do fast. You want to do flat. You want to do steep up. You want to do downhill because at some point in the course, there's there's everything. So it's, it, it's weird. There's not one... Set of skills, but if you don't have a skill, then then you're going to be left. Dipsy finds it. Yeah, somewhere literally on the dipsy, (laughs) left in the dust. Um, this will be my. uh, Let's let's just do the math right. Um, I've been running the dipsy since 2011, but I've been aware of it. Growing up in Marin, it's always been a thing. Uh, being somehow connected to the Marin running community. Um, it's I've been running invitational since 2012. And as Rob says, it's like when you get up to that invitational section, there's, it's a, it's a race that everybody running it, it seems to matter. It doesn't matter how trained you are for it or what other races you have going on before or after it's a race where it, no matter what people say or how nonchalant they may seem about it, it matters because people want to get back in. I, I think that's part of it, which you agree, Rob is I want to get that. back in. It's like drugs, you have to do it again, and you got to figure out how you're going to do it again. Uh, and everybody brings their, their a race. They're not necessarily fully trained for the specifics of the Dipsy that year, but people will go. will go all out for a hundred percent of what they have that day. And that's the part where it just kind of blows my mind being in a race where everybody is really giving it their all i think there's few other opportunities outside of whether it's like collegiate or professional sports where you're going to be in that kind of intense atmosphere at the beginning of a race even in like big city road marathons and stuff oh, and you have a bunch I, of people I who are like yeah. just trying to finish but in the dipsey, people aren't just trying to finish They're, they they want to pass as every person you pass matters right. and i think that idea and that atmosphere just sort of whether people are fully aware of it or not, it just sort of trickles into everybody, especially on race morning.
1: John, I I, I wanna add one thing. I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I I think the Dipsy is a race where if you are underprepared for it, you you will know right away and and there's no way to recover from that like i've had longer races where i i know i show up and i'm not you know i'm not in the best shape i've ever been in but maybe the day unfolds a certain way and you grab a few places back and all of a sudden you're riding a high and you can have a really good day i've never had that experience with the dipsy in other words if i've shown up at the dipsy underprepared, even if i give my all there are so many other people who are who are better prepared, and and just they exact a heavy price on on your underpreparedness. I guess is the way I would put it.
2: What do you mean by underprepared? What does that look like, like
1: for you? Well, I mean, it, you know, I have to really work hard at the Dipsy. Uh, my level as a runner, you know, and how I, old are you, I, Rob? I, I'm I'm 51. Um, and I'm an old Dipsy runner, meaning my birthday happens like a week after the race happens. So I never get I'm i am that full year older before I get that minute. So so uh, but but if I if I'm not if I'm not like trained and and at my very edge, like I've done everything right and I, I'm 100 percent ready to go, then I won't have a great Dipsy race. That's been my experience in all the years I've done it. I need to be right there at the edge. Everything needs to have gone well. I mean. Sometimes in training you don't get exactly the training performance you wanted on the day you wanted. You'll you'll do a time trial up to cardiac and you'll be a couple minutes off. Okay, a minute off. But still when you show up on race day, you've put that behind you, you've gained from that training experience and now you're ready to go. If I don't do that kind of work, like if I'm not on the course, I'm not gonna have a good day on the dipsy.
0: And so if you're listening and you don't know anything about the dipsy, which I doubt because it's like nine people, I could probably name everybody listening. <laughs> Dipsy.org and you'll hear uh, references to different parts like cardiac um, and yeah all the information's there but we're not going to get into every detail of the race I'm I'm curious like the training involved and like the specific training and like the elevation and the like, intervals that you guys are doing um, myself I, I did the Dipsy I don't know the single Dipsy like 8 or 9 years ago And I I got in the Invitational, and then I didn't send in my Invitational. But then I was like, I didn't even really like the Dipsy because there's so many people. I didn't like that I had to pass 850
1: people.
0: I had to pass 850 people to get... And then once you're in the Invitational, it's probably a little bit better. It's not as ridiculous to pass so many people. And I have no problem passing anyone between the ages of like 15 and 60. but or maybe 65 but like really young kids you got to be you know i'm not going to push over a little kid yeah and i'm, and I'm not going to push over a grandma so but and those were the bottlenecks uh that i remember and, and i probably could have gotten 30 more seconds or a minute if i was really i remember russ kiernan was still doing it and this is getting recorded but whatever and he was like hogging the trail and he was really old at that
1: point. <laughs> Russ okay, can do whatever was, he
0: wants. <laughs> I wasn't gonna push him over
1: or,
0: or, or, or do a tight, you know, cut. That by, dude, so.
1: man, he is he's <laughs> my hero. He, he he's uh, a legend. I've seen him out there on that course and I saw him the last year he did it and he, and that dude was giving it his all. He he was in dynamite. I know we're not going to talk course specific, but he was in dynamite and he was breathing really heavy, but he was not going to quit and he was moving up that thing as fast as he could. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. That is, that is part of the day and you just get on some of those, like on hogs back you get on these single track areas where you can't get through and you just got people in front of you and you, and you kind of like, okay, am I going to make a move here or am I just going to sit back and watch the race get away? And um, that's kind of what I was saying before. It's like once you get past a lot of those bottlenecks, you start to have more of your day and not the race's day. And if you're in good shape, you can kind of take advantage of that.
2: I don't remember what year this was. I'm looking at the results, trying to get a sense of when it was. It was either 2018 or 2019. I got the 2019 results up right now. I watched right before... In between the swoop and Five Mile Rock, Melody Ann Schultz did almost a full somersault on the side of the trail, and she just got back up. And in she's tough as 2019, nail. she was 77. Yeah, so she's, she's either nail. 76 or 77 when I saw her do this—a fall where, in lots of people, majority of people in this country her age, that's where you're going to be in a wheelchair just because you fell in your shower. She was. She did a somersault almost got up, said, fuck, and kept going. <laughs> and I don't know if this was 2019, because if that's when it was, I'm looking at she was 477th place, and that doesn't qualify her for the Invitational, so that could have been yeah, yeah. exactly those places. Oh. Let's go back and look at 2018. But
1: yeah, there's the, the fact
2: that I saw that transpire it it just kind of blows my mind that again you have all these people of every age and they are all going for it the entire race. That's yep. the thing about running yep. trail ultras, road marathons. I will see people. I'm running hard this section. I'm pulling back this this section. Even in like local road 10ks and stuff and half marathons, I'm watching people go. I'm going to push here. I'm going to mellow here. No, the Dipsy. I think everybody is. Who wants to get into the, back into that invitational section, they're pushing hard the whole time. There is no letting up, so that's the
1: well. The, you, in- you, you, you probably should add. I mean, I know, like you said, Andy, but let's let's assume this thing goes huge and there's people listening to this and they don't, you uh, know. But I mean, you, you've got different metrics, right? So, Jonathan touched on invitational, so getting into invitational is like the what first 475 or whatever. Uh, right. Four fifty. Oh yeah, we can we can talk about
0: whatever. I just didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, no. And, so, and, yeah. Then,
1: and then you're trying to crack the top hundred, and then and then you're obviously trying to get a black shirt, which is the top thirty five. So yeah, there's always different metrics. And then if you're in the if you're a black shirt guy, you're trying to increase your your place every year and 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 have a shot at it. So it is. It's very intriguing and it's all mystery. It's like why four fifty, why thirty five. You know who knows. But
0: so so yeah, there's yes. Yeah, uh, and then there's like Tim Wallen has, I don't know how many black shirts. Is it Tim or is yeah. it Brad O'Brien?
1: Brad know. O'Brien's got a bunch too.
0: That's, that is so hard to get. Do, do you have a black shirt, John?
2: I don't have a black shirt. I got all my, I wrote down all my times and places for the last almost 10 years.
0: I think and... my fastest is like 200, uh, 218th or something. Maybe, maybe, I don't even know. It was, it was in the 200s.
2: So, my place is going back to 2014 when I've been in start group Z, getting that one minute head start. That was amazing, not being with the scratch runners, running, starting very, very last. I have been in the top 100 every time except for once. 2015, I was 111th. My yeah. best place was 2019 at 63rd, but not my fastest time. So the the time and the place don't always correlate every single year. A lot of that, I think, has to do with weather and conditions, because some years it can be a lot hotter and dusty and dry. Other years it can be a lot foggier and you get that thick fog that makes the trail a little mucky. It's almost like it's drizzling, like aggressive rain or aggressive fog. It, It almost wants to be rain. I remember 2019... That's my best place, but it was super hot. It was one of those days where Stinson was just packed with everybody, and yeah, I like the heat. yeah, you wanted to. People just wanted to get in the water at Stinson, and that's usually not the case. Yeah, and the heat slowed everybody else down, but not me proportionally. So I right. do better in the heat. Yeah, when it's cold, I do a little worse. And I remember in twenty last November, I, I was like the, 20 the cold. Um,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm opposite. I like the cold. I, I and did... I like the long stuff. I, I'm not. Uh, I think there's a lot of
1: Dipsy <laughs> runners who like the cool weather. I've found that out like November, I, last November I had a terrible race and it just, I, I was floored that the times were as good as they were, but
2: well, know. I'm looking at my place from last November and I lost over, I lost 25 places, but I didn't take the last set of shortcuts because it was blocked off. The shortcuts also changed the, the calculus for everybody right. because you can, uh, for example, like the swoop, the the probably the most famous of the shortcuts You can get stuck behind people there, or you really know how to navigate that downhill well, but if you're not really a good downhill runner and it's hard to get around people, then it's probably more, I guess, time effective for you to go around the swoop. If you can run faster on that single track, that's more level than on the really steep downhill part. And so all those different calculations people take. I just know I lost time by adding effectively, I think it amounts to almost a fifth of a mile by going the full trail on the Stinson side instead of the, the shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's where I was last year. I can see you have it up on the screen, Andy. I'm, and, and it's funny looking at the results because if you run it enough, you're gonna be really, you're going to be around the same people every single year. So Levi Webb right there, Liz Shortino, Brian Gillis there. Those are all people that are always around me and we're just kind of going back and forth.
0: Levi's
1: fast. There's Tim right there. Yeah. 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 You you just, you, you can, you can almost measure your day by good or bad by, by the people that are around you. If you've done the race enough, um, but you have to be careful, too. Jonathan and I were talking about this on a training run. you got to be careful that you don't mark off of somebody that's having a bad day or somebody that's lost or gained time. So, you know, because your, your waves are, are all different. So, you know, you might be thinking, hey, I'm having a great day. Meanwhile, that guy is now he, he, he lost a minute, a head start minute. So you were always catching up to him. But he's now in an age group or a wave that, you know, he, he lost time on. So you're actually not doing as good as you think. And vice versa can be true. So I've had that experience the last few years marking off of different people. And, um, I go back to what Jonathan said before, if you're, if you're putting your best race out there and you're, and you're in good shape and, and you're doing all things you need to do. Yeah. It's, um, so, so do you taper of,
0: Rob, is this a taper race or do you just kind of not, not really for me
1: anymore? It. I mean, I just don't do anything that really smashes my legs a few days before the race. Cause I don't, I, I mean, I think. Uh, yeah, I heard it early on from other, from some of the veterans and they're like, it's a descender's race. And I didn't believe that because I always thought it was all about how fast you climb. Now I know it's more of everything, but, um, but being a good descender is essential in the Dipsy. So I think if you don't have a hundred percent descender legs on that day, you're, you're leaving something out.
0: And do you get, so Rob, do you get really specific, like your segments and the time? Like, do you, do you have uh time goals you're trying to reach for the top of cardiac time goal you're trying to reach for the bottom of mirror kind of like places where you're like okay i I gotta be here at like 28 minutes
1: i've done that before but for me it's not it's not that good anymore i find at my age Um, so to to give you a little perspective going back to what we were talking about before i think my highest place was 47th or 48th and i think my fastest clock time was like a 58 minute run and they didn't correlate like jonathan said so so there wasn't the you know it wasn't tied together um but i find that it's more of of the people around me um and how i'm feeling that day like am i really running well I I don't like to look at my watch on race day because I don't want to get freaked out when I reach the top of the steps if I'm 30 seconds off my time goal. I don't want to concede to think, oh, my day is done and I'm I don't have a shot at this because the dipsy is quirky enough that you can bring the day back if you continue to run well. You know, I, I I have found distilled training down on the dipsy to one thing for me that works well, and that is how well I transition from climbing to descending and descending to climbing. So if my legs feel like they can make that turn <clears throat> quickly and it can get me back into a groove, then I then I kind of know I'm in good shape. You know what I mean? And I'm I know I'm I know I'm set up to have a good day.
2: If you can go from yeah. hard, like full uphill grind immediately to downhill all out with minimal uh transition time in between, that's where You gain a lot of time, yeah, and a lot of places. Yeah, I think the only that's
0: really hard transition, uh, changing the gears, (laughs) changing so hard. I I'm like I just want to get in one gear and go, and even if it's a hard gear, I'm okay. But it's the the variability, and and kind of surprises me, Rob. I thought, I don't know why. I just I just assumed that that Rob would be like, okay, I got, you know just, just very analytical and like, like chopping it up. But I think, I think
1: that that probably works for a lot of people, but, but it, you know, over the years I've done the race, it hasn't worked well for me because I can get in my own head and think that I'm, I'm falling apart when really I'm having a good day. And, and so I've done that enough to know now, like, Hey, you know, just, just put it all out there as long as you can and, and, and try and keep the hammer down till you, you end up in the finish shoot. Um, And then just see what happens afterwards, you know, because Dipsy's always been one of those days where it's like, you don't really know until you're down and, you know, down in the, in the picnic section and you're waiting to see what happened. I mean, it's hard to know.
0: And how many times have you been out to the course, uh, like recently? Are, Are you scoping it out? Getting familiar?
1: I haven't been on the backside of the course yet. I plan to do that this weekend, but I've been on the stairs a lot and I've been to Halfway Rock and uh, I've been up to Cardiac a couple of times. But um yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't know uh I don't know what's left over the course of the next few days, but um I'll probably be out there a couple more times.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's key with the dipsy because even if you know the course and you've done it fifty times, um it's always a little different and like The sides of the stairs like knowing the on the downhills knowing the sides of the stairs knowing overhangs on branches so you're not like getting nailed or something just knowing the little the little things and it's like one of those i'm thinking of roy rivers i used to run with him um, a long time ago on the mountain home in on saturdays and that guy i think he lived in mill valley he doesn't live in the area now but like he knew every inch of that course (laughs) and he had it like perfectly mapped out. He could do it like blindfolded. And that was he won the course um it was like a decade ago or something. And and he wasn't he wasn't the fastest guy. I think he was the the most uh well, in my opinion, I don't know. He he was the fastest guy in the Dipsy, but I think he was the smartest racer cuz he, like he knew the course so well. I think that really Rick helped liked
1: another guy like that. Mhm. Just just like a just a brilliant dipsy runner. I mean, yeah,
0: he's a he's a quad guy
1: too, right? Yeah. Yep.
0: Quad,
2: stage guy. Uh, yep. The the um the specificity of training and sort of breaking the race down piece by piece. I think you can get too caught up in that. You 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 probably want to be able to just be able to run at a high heart rate for an hour uh, or more depending right. on what race right. time is within your legs. But that high heart rate the entire time, it's almost where cycling actually does help. Because before trail running and road running, I used to do triathlons. And yeah, your heart rate's going pretty much redlining uh, or almost the entire time. But your muscle set and what, what you need out of your legs is going to be different. So just the most varied training diet you can get one day go out for a flat road tempo and the next day, just go do a bunch of the steepest stuff you can find, not just up, but also down. And being comfortable with taking all the downhills, like skiing, you got to pick your path and just go for it. If anything, there's really, as I think you said earlier, Rob, there's two races, you got the uphill, and then you got the downhill. And that's kind of it. Once you get to the top of cardiac, it's mostly down, but you got to pick your path and you got to know where you're going. But you're still once you cross the that summit at cardiac there's no pausing you just have to roll from uh, that uphill grind could, into the down
1: could not could not have said it better and i think that's one of the things that i learned early on when i started to try and compete at the dipsy is there's no mercy it's like once once you get cross like you said cross, you crest cardiac and then you kind of get in that flat you know false flat section and then then you start to descend there, if you feel like, hey, uh, I'm not climbing anymore, thank God. It's like, no, <laughs> that's where you've got to pull those places back. Because if you don't get past those people in that section, guess what? They're all going to be in the swoop. They're all going to be stuck behind them. Yeah. They're going to they're be on those slippery steps in steep ravine and you won't be able to get past them. And that, you know, you can make up a huge amount of time in even the last third of, of steep ravine before you get to the bridge down there. I mean, you can take back and those places at that point in the race, they matter. I mean, that you can go from like Jonathan said, you know, you can go from like place 80 to 60 in in that in that one section. Um, and then you can give it all back on insult. You know, if, if you can't change gears again, you can watch those people run by you on insult and on the highway. So it's just once you get down there, let like he also said, you, you know, it's an hour of it's an hour of grief because you just you got it you got to be in it for the whole thing.
2: It's the there's a search, um, a database search now on the Dipsy website. It said, uh, who did it say? Oh. Uh, give thanks to for oh. that. It was, um, I think it was. I want to give credit to who made that a uh, that race search. Previous races. Let's see. Oh, uh, Dave Bronstein created it. Bronstein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: The website. Yep.
2: So he, you, you can search a name and it brings up everything from clock time, actual time, time place, race place, uh, start group. So to analyze, if you've got a lot of races in your history, you can go through that. And there's even this is interesting: the average place in your invitational races and the average place in your open races. But it's, inter- it's really interesting looking at how the time place and the yeah. race place don't always, like, they don't scale linearly. They flip-flop kind of back and forth. It really depends on the year. So that's the, the other fascinating thing. The, my worst time place is not necessarily my worst race place, I think. Right. If I can uh, Or maybe it is. Uh, but the, so maybe the extremes are there, but in in between it does uh, bounce around. Uh, that's a that's a lot of Dipsys there for Roy Rivers that you got pulled up.
0: Yeah, uh, I think yeah he's he's I always thought he was one of the well he is one of the best. <laughs> um, yeah, we're I'm looking at I did the Roy Rivers uh, name search on the um, DipsyResults.php page here, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right, it, it's not all the same um for overall place and actual time there's a huge variability Um, average
2: place in 18 invitational races 30 i like that (laughs) so he averages a black shirt
0: yeah that's crazy (laughs) i also want
1: i also want to go on record and say i didn't know roy rivers but but you talked about melody ann schultz um tim Wallen, talk about russ kiernan those three right there those three right there are all wonderful people. Some of the nicest people you'll meet. I mean, when I joined Tamalpa and I started running the dipsy and I would you know, Russ was already a legend, but that guy, he would talk about stuff and Melody was the same way. It was great and you know, so we're really lucky to be in this environment with these people.
0: Definitely, definitely. Russ has Russ Kiernan has 36 results. First one is 1977. That's incredible. That's, that's awesome. He, he did a 46, his clock time back when he was how old? 49 years old.
1: 49 no, old years time, old. The, the thing they talk minutes. about Russ, I remember um, George <laughs> Frazier wow. told me that, that Russ ran 60 at 60. I bet it's on there somewhere you could find it. He, was, he ran a 60-minute okay. race when he was 60 years old. There For
2: actual time? There it is. Actual time.
1: Yeah, he was at 60
0: minutes. Yeah. He did better the next year. (laughs) 99 did even better. So. Oh, man. I think, I think Russ. Yeah. He might be, he has first place. How many times?
1: One, two, three.
0: I think three. Three, three. Um. Who else we had was, was Victor on
1: that? Victor uh, he the Victor Balisteris a first place guy. Victor had Victor no. got one black shirt, I think. Shirt. He got it one year that that okay. I that I was really close with him, or you know I ran with him quite a bit, and he just had an awesome year. He just uh, and I, I remember congratulating him at, at Stinson, and he was just over the moon. There's
0: Jamie Burns. She's she's um, I think spouse or I think that Roy and Jamie.
1: Run to Diana Fitzpatrick. The I mean, okay. also just Diana's oh, a Yeah,
0: yeah. So we're, we're we're on a podcast, sharing a screen, searching for names. Um,
2: what's yeah, fascinating so what's
0: a, oh, as you pull up ahead. all
2: these times, the consistency in actual time, not just the consistency in just being able to run every single year, but there is this consistency in actual time yeah, you're gonna maybe plus or minus four or five minutes, but that's actually not over the course of like two decades. That's not a very big spread. If we're coming back for a race, that's got a lot of stuff that can happen. So the the consistency in a lot of people around here who live in Marin, that's, that's actually kind of crazy. I never thought about that. I, want, I mean, that's for all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, people here can get out and run year round, you can, there's races on this course, literally year round on pieces of it. There's elements of this race course that are part of 50K trail half marathons, yeah. 100K. Yeah. I mean, in the Miwok 100K, we ran part of the Dipsy course. And the fact that people who live here and train here on the beautiful trails of Marin can do that year round, year in and year out. It's, I I think this is the, we're seeing this is the data that backs all of that up is just how consistently fit all of uh, Marine yeah. runners are.
1: Yeah, there, there isn't there. I, I I'll say it again. There's no place to hide in the dipsey. every year. Someone's going to show up everyone's every year. Someone's going to show up in great shape. You know, there's just so many great runners who've done it for so many years. Uh, Brad Bryan was the name that came up earlier. I mean, that guy, I run against him in the TCRS all the time. He guy's still running great. He's got to be in his sixties, right? Mid sixties even. And just just con, in, another super there's nice guy, Brad but,
0: Bryan and Brad O'Brien.
1: And they're both great yes. <laughs> yeah. and they're both Brad. great runners, right? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's just there's there's no shortage of, of extreme talent. And, I, and for people, I, I was explaining this race uh, to a friend of mine, a childhood friend who was visiting the area. In fact, we were sitting at Equator Coffee on the on the corner there um, right by the depot. And I was explaining to him, yeah, in a few weeks, this race goes off. It starts right there under that clock, you know, and he's, he's looking at me kind of funny, like, like there's, there's wave starts and there's handies and, 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 you know, 10 year old girls win the race. And, you know, and I, and I, at the end of it, what's that (laughs) eight year old girls, eight year old. Yeah. So, so when I'm done explaining it, I start thinking about it on the car ride home and I'm like, but one of the things that's funny about that is the consistency, like you said, Jonathan, across All of those, all all of those demographics, they are all great runners. I mean, whether it's whether it's um, some of the younger guys that, that well, I mean, Brian Pilcher is a world class runner. Right. So you got a guy like that. You got a
0: lot of national records, I think. Brian. Pilcher. Yeah.
1: But but all of these guys showing up and, and gals showing up, Diana Fitzpatrick, a name that came up, you know, an elite, elite runner for years and years and years and years. And they're all at the front of the race. So you know, and now you got these sc- scratch guys that are just running these great times. They're behind you, starting behind you. You got all these people that are great runners starting in front of you, and you're just kind of in the middle there, you know, having to have your best day to even be in the same you know <laughs> zip code as they are. It's just such a cool race for that reason alone.
0: This is uh, re inspiring me to take a look at the single dipsy again. I'm, I I really like the quad. Mm-hmm. I don't like the double because it's always too hot, um, but uh, yeah, this is this is good stuff, guys. Uh, so, how many miles you put in a week, uh, Rob, John? Like for before dipsy, or is it whatever just... I do?
1: John probably does two or three times. Um, uh, I'm I not that. <laughs> You go first.
2: I, I'm very consistent with my uh, my mileage over the last actually ever since I started running the Dipsy, because it's always been connected to all the other distances I like to run and race. So I average about 50 miles a week, give or take 10 miles, plus or minus 10, depending on whether I'm coming off of a race or what's going on or how much time I have. I get about maybe 5 to 10,000 feet of climbing per week. And maybe less right now in terms of track workouts, but try to get one hard effort a week. And when it comes to like long distance, I'll get in at least one marathon distance or approximately run a month. Um, And I've just been very consistent with that. So there's not really any specifics to my training. It just it's a be ready for anything kind of training. And that's how I've always approached going so into just, the Dipsy.
0: Just nice and even. And, and I think it,
2: looking at consistent. my times for the dipsey, like they're pretty consistent, uh, give or take a minute each year, and plus or minus maybe you know somewhere between uh, within the top end or the the higher end of the top 100. So between places 65 to 100. Okay. So,
0: so I, I hope I don't put you on the spot what time within two minutes do you think you can have at the dipsy for this year for this year because it's probably pretty consistent with all of the uh past ones right so like
1: one hour yeah that's Jonathan, you'll be below you'll be below one hour
2: i i think last year clock time i was an hour 20 Year before, I was whoa, whoa, whoa. one hour zero, 20, 20
1: seconds. seconds.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, an hour <laughs> and 20 gotta, gotta seconds. Yes. Yeah. And the year before, I was uh, 59 minutes and 44 seconds.
1: That's All a great right. time. I mean, that's. And on then that.
2: the year before that, I was an hour and 55 seconds. The year before that, I was 58 uh, I'm gonna minutes and 40 seconds. I don't know. It's, it's I have close. an
0: idea. And I do this with my friend uh, Dan Lee. I haven't done it in a long time. Uh, you probably know about it John. I call it the pliny time. And it's a it's an arbitrary time that I assign to somebody I run with on what I think they can do the race in. And if they get that time, there there's no like discussion. It's just like <laughs> just pick a time. He can pick a time too. Oh, you've so, done
2: that for me before.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll do 59 flat for your pliny
2: 59 time. 59 flat. That gives me Okay. A okay. Cool so Rob,
0: think. what do you think you're going to run? And not, you not know, to put yourself in a
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a very optimistic goal that that is going to be difficult to reach. But if all the stars align, I think this year, you know, if I if I could run what I ran in 2019, which was a 103 approximately, um, I would be really happy with that. If I could beat that, um, I would be ecstatic. And, you know, I think I've put in the work. I feel like I have put in the work that I have a chance to beat that time. If I ran a one hundred four or one hundred five, I suppose I wouldn't be tremendously upset, but that wouldn't get me where I want to where I want to be. I think I've got a five minute, I might even you're, have six minutes.
0: You're a lot stronger than me on that course. Uh, you you guys were, you you had a couple minutes going up cardiac on me, so uh, well, you yeah, I don't I know that I, great shape.
1: I don't yeah I don't know that I felt that that great that day, but but I think that I've got you know like, I don't know I, I think I think if all the stars align, like I said, I could run a one hundred one one hundred two and and if i did that plus my my head start i start to look pretty good i mean i start to look like top 50 or you know 50 to 60 somewhere in there and i kind of feel like with the work i've put in i'm hoping that that's something gonna, i can i'm going
0: to say 10230 is your uh 10230 that that would give you get you really happy but also add a little bit
1: 30 that's, seconds yeah i mean i think i think that's i think that's uh that's pretty close to the truth yeah a, a Rob, flat time you, not, not the uh, just the time
2: do you break that down into a time you need to make uh make it to the top of cardiac in?
1: Yeah, I mean usually, I mean, you know, what am I? I have my my stats here somewhere, and I think, you know, cardiac to make that time has got to be forty three minutes, forty two, forty three minutes.
0: Forty two is a good cardiac. I so so I, you'll the first make it to it
1: in,
2: in twenty minutes from the top of cardiac.
0: Thinking, I did, I did it really well up to cardiac, which. I don't know. I, I didn't know what I was doing a long time ago. I did really well, and then it was like I'm just coasting down. I wasn't really hammering down, which you you have to hammer it down. You, you got yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. Step I, step I, Jonathan.
1: I don't. I don't think I've ever had a. Uh, I'm gonna look for my. Um, I'm gonna look for my stats, but I think in 2014. Uh, no, that wasn't the best year. But in 20. Um, in 2014, I ran a 59. 07 and I hit cardiac at 4037 so to answer your question I got down in 19 minutes So that's
2: where wow
1: uh, I don't have my stats broken down
2: uh in terms of time to the top of cardiac and time down I could go back and look at my GPS and try to pull that out but the time I always look at to get to the top of cardiac is 40 minutes if I can get there to the top in under 40 minutes then I can comfortably get in under an hour for overall uh yeah cl- actual clock time
1: so okay so here's another one so on 2013 I ran a 5815 and I was at cardiac at 3950 okay all right so I mean that that um that was my that was my fastest clock time that's smoking? Yeah, and I yeah, and I ended up fifty first. So, again, like we were talking about earlier in twenty fourteen, I actually took three more places back, but I had a I had a slower time by almost a minute. So maybe conditions. I don't know. I don't remember what it was like.
0: All right. So I know John has to go. Um, do you guys have any um, uh, picks for the top three or or black shirts out there?
2: Oh, I gotta look and see who's who's actually racing this year. Uh, I was looking at the list of who's, um, but actually, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get I I the places from last November and it's interesting. I've talked to, I, again, these are just anecdotes. A bunch of people I know who normally run Dipsy are not running uh, next week some because they just had summer plans that came yeah. and realized okay we're gonna do this instead of that which you know makes sense you got life too and then i know more than a few people who weren't paying attention and uh, didn't get their their application in on time happens every year because well it there was less notification when it was all mail and you got all the notifications via mail yeah. uh, paper mail you paid attention more but it got rolled into just email notifications now. And then the online registration or online form you fill out that you then print out in mail. So I know that caught some people by surprise. I wonder if there was an element of, the race happened in November and it still yeah, feels like it I'm just sure, happened.
1: I'm sure, I'm sure that, I'm sure that. So
2: weird. that's, I I have no idea who's, who's, how people are doing at this point.
1: Real quick, funny story that I had that happen once. I got uh, let my invitation go past the date. And I had to beg Etta and Etta shook me down to do a volunteer for the Dipsy hike, which I was happy to do. And I got into training right after, it. but she couldn't have been nicer about it. I thought for sure she was going to say, because I had heard stories about Etta and, I, you know, is never going to go for that, whatever. And finally, Ed Corral said, no, he's like, just call Etta up. And, you know, and I told her my sad story and she said, okay, well, we need volunteers for the hike. Come on out. It was a great experience. And, I, and, and she, she punched the ticket for me. So I got back in.
2: Well, I think it's brilliant how. Have- for getting into the race if you want to get into the or just to get into the runner section or to get into invitational yeah. to bypass the runner section they're pretty open send us a bribe uh well a I was, I was, deductible bribe
1: i was <laughs> going to say volunteer too because they do need help yeah. at stinson they do need help in mill valley and they're always looking for volunteers and i don't know if ed still runs the stinson station but i mean ed, ed's a great guy and and um yeah you know Help out and get your get yourself in that way if you don't want to if you don't want to send in the money piece of it but um, it's a great event everybody should if you're if you're a runner in Marin and you, you like the trails and whatever see if you can get bit by the bug because once you do it's super fun
0: awesome I think this is a good good place to stop and uh, we'll have a a post race probably a week after sometime and
1: we'll talk about how it went. Awesome. Thanks, Andy, guys. thanks so much. Jonathan, good luck on the race, buddy. You're in Me great too. shape. You ran great the other thanks day, so and I you. know you'll do well.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Take care.